trope. What? Ha <laughs> ha just kidding. We totally never trick you by telling you the microphone was off and then letting you say something incriminating into it. Because it's not like this is a campus fueled entirely by familiar and predictable plot elements. Or, like the name of this show, is Kaleidotrope. Oh, I thought you named it that because you wanted it to be about exploring cool psychedelic and indie music. Harrison, we haven't played a song in weeks. I'd say the name has expanded in Excuse me. Do you mean to tell me we've been broadcasting the entire time? How never was a very good listener. Ow. This is what I said before. That was entirely just a joke. A well-meaning, well-played joke to help liven up the Seidelsmith sock hop. <laughs> no, we can totally confirm. There is no magic at Seidelsmith. If you haven't already figured that out from the giant fight we had earlier. It was an emotional moment, not really a fight. If we ever had to fight, I'm glad we fought over that. Because now it's over and the cat's out of the bag. And hopefully we'll never have anything this dramatic going on again. Somehow, I doubt that. Only fake dramatics. When we're fake dating. Having fake fights. Fake sex. Real sex. Are you two really on the air right now? Yes, it's fine. Seidelsmith fluffers, if you're paying attention, and I'm given to believe that you are, there was never a Seidelsmith. But there is a Seidelsmith, and that's more important. <clears throat> this document represents the full and entire agreement between Harriet Seidelwood and Henrik Coopersmith. This agreement was made February 14th, 1861, and is effective immediately. What are you doing? Yes, what are you doing? I'm reading the contract. The real Seidelsmith contract. Everyone should know. Everyone should know that we are Seidelsmith, not this. You stop that at once. Or what? You'll drag him away like you did Dorothea? Justice for Dorothea. Or I'll have you both expelled. Do you really want to be thrown out of school over some silly contract? Is she really still threatening us right now? She did get that we're broadcasting this, right? I don't think she's quite convinced. Oh, just give me that! Wait! Stop! Hands off! Hey, back the fuck off! Don't you dare touch him! You don't want to ruin the Seidelsmith sock hop, do you? Fine. Go ahead, read it. No one will believe you anyway. Some old piece of paper dug up from who knows where. Hmm. And earlier, you were so certain she'd stolen school property. Well, everyone knows Dorothea had issues. Check out her GoFundMe. What? Huh. Justice for Dorothea. Looks like the student bodies started a crowdfund to help her sue the school for a job back. Wow. That's a lot of money they've raised. Looks like you've got bigger fish to fry than the two of us. That's a laugh. You're not getting off this easily. This is entirely your doing. Thanks, I'm honored. Don't think you've seen the last of this. When are you doing the giveaways? Oh, for... here! Thank you! I don't think you're supposed to hurl the swag bags at people. What if a bag of saltwater taffy knocks someone unconscious? We could get sued. We've already been threatened with expulsion. Getting sued is probably fine. Well, we are about to go all in on this contract thing. You have a point. Here, catch. I got it. Oh. As I was saying, 
What I'm about to read is the original contract between Harriet Slatterwood and Henrik Coopersmith. This contract makes it clear that they not only weren't in love, they actually had to write in legalese for how they were going to interact with each other. It's pretty intense. If you're into legalese, this is a big moment for you. <clears throat> the aforementioned parties, having agreed to enter into a partnership to construct an educational facility for the town of Stony Brook, further agree that the aforementioned partnership shall be limited solely to financial investors and all relevant decision-making concerning the business of enacting said school as heretofore defined herein. The parties affirm herein that all forms of interaction between them are ipso facto solely due to their shared business interests and represent no further common ground or mutual interest. They literally wrote up a contract affirming that they hated each other. I'm not done. The parties further affirm covenant and promise herein that any semblance of friendship existing between them is a front which should not be construed in any way as an indicator of real affection or deeper interest, and that once both parties have mutually received the trust their parents have been withholding until such event as the first anniversary of their marriage, they will forthwith remove themselves from one another's vicinity and restrict inter alia their interactions and communications solely to that which concerns the school itself as hitherto and thitherto defined. And apparently the only people they hated more than each other were their parents. Hear that, listeners? Seidelsmith had a real, fake relationship. Built, apparently, on mutual avarice. That is the least Seidelsmith thing that has ever happened. The myth that they were trying to use the school as an excuse to be together was actually the opposite of what was really happening. They both wanted to build the school, but couldn't actually stand each other. When you think about it, it's one of the most effective frauds ever perpetrated. They managed to convince everyone that they really loved each other. In a way, it's kind of astonishing that somehow the legend of Seidelsmith and all the legendary Seidelsmith relationships that followed grew up around all that animosity. Like, they formalized their hatred, but the legacy they left behind was all love. True. Harrison. Are you saying that maybe the real Seidelsmith magic was the friends we made along the way? Oh my god, yes. Ha! I can't even pretend to be horrified by that right now. No, you can't. <sighs> You've lost all ability to pretend to be horrified by what a terrible, lovely romantic you are. Also. Yes. I think it is very Seidelsmith. Me? <laughs> well, yes, you're very Seidelsmith, even though you like to pretend you're not. But no, this whole story, the whole Seidelsmith contract thing, it's very... They wanted the money so that they could go off and be who they wanted to be. Is that what they did? What? Harriet and Henrik. You researched them. What did they do with the rest of their lives? I didn't really find out. There's not a lot of historical information on what they did after they founded the college, especially since they kept being seen together in public whenever some big event happened with the school. But I do know Harriet Slidlewood was apparently super influential in bringing skiing to the U.S. Really? Yeah. She was always bringing groups on trips to Switzerland and would spend weeks skiing and teaching the rest of them how to ski. And she was always hopping around trying to find ski-friendly mountains. Wow. 
So basically, she took the money and did whatever she wanted. See? That's very Smith. That's exactly what you've been saying, Drew. They both chose to be exactly what they wanted to be. It's really the most Smith thing I've ever heard. Wouldn't you say? I'm really happy you're feeling so much better about this. Are you kidding? I feel... amazing. How much longer is this broadcast? No idea. Too long. Aww. Is your sense of romance drying up? We haven't even seen the rose dance. Exactly. Seen. We have to broadcast through it. It'll still be lovely. I'm just saying it could be lovelier. Hmm. What? Bah humbug. <laughs> what? Bah humbug. You watched Rent. I listened to Rent. He said the movie is terrible. You remembered I said that? Yes, of course, yes. Oh. I remember every moment. I'm always going to remember. This broadcast is definitely too long. <laughs> hey, do you have any more giveaways to do? Sure, here. Aren't you supposed to do a drawing? I just did. I drew this bag from under the table and now I'm handing it to you. Just take the bag. Okay, thanks. Hi, guys. Hey, Drew and Harrison? Harrison and Drew. I think technically Drew comes first. Like... Chronologically. Also alphabetically. But the name smush is Herodrew Portmanteau. It's a portmanteau. It's a ship name. Just saying. Whatever. Anyway. Look who we brought to see you. <gasps> little Khaleesi. Oh my gosh. You've got her little throne and a blue dress and everything. That would make you Lovejoy and Stanwick? Uh, I told you they wouldn't remember us as distinct people. It's because our mnemonic devices aren't contextually clear enough. Sure, you love joy, but what does that really mean in the context of an egg project? And yes, one might associate me with old Hollywood legend Barbara Stanwyck, but what does a femme fatale have to do with raising an egg baby? I'd say quite a bit, actually, if you're going to have her take over the Iron Throne. Is she going to have a face-off against the other egg babies in battle? No, although that would be pretty epic. No one is challenging little Khaleesi in battle. They can call it the Hungry Games. <gasps> Relax. I'm just joking. See what I mean? He's always like this. It's true. I am always like this. Aw, oh, you're fine. So you two are getting along okay? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think we both know I'm the weak link in this nuclear family. What? That's not true. You keep me from being a helicopter parent. I guess I do. And you keep me from using Khaleesi for batting practice. So, friends? Friends. Uh, yeah, we should hang out sometime. Really? Yeah. When you're not worried about grades, you're actually pretty cool. Thanks. Uh, my first name's Parker. My first name's Keating. Keating. Nice. This feels like real progress, Keating. You... You never called each other by your first names before this. Well, <clears throat> good talk. Oh yeah! We almost forgot to mention! We're gonna make her middle name Herodrew. 
Oh, my. Khaleesi Herodrew Lovewick. Wait, why not Stanjoy? Well, that doesn't sound like a real name. Well, neither does Lovewick. Lovewick sounds like an erotic candle. Or detective. A sexy detective with a candle. Actually, I guess Stanjoy kind of sounds like a detective too, except boring. Stanjoy has no candle. Stanjoy wears his shirts buttoned all the way up. Lovewick sounds like a euphemism from a bad romance novel. At least Stanjoy sounds like you're standing for joy. Uh, thanks? Bye. I think they're gonna be okay. Really? Yeah, they'll be super happy. (laughs) You are quite something. Am I? Why? You just see happiness everywhere. Happiness is everywhere. Look, sometimes it's a grand passion, and sometimes it's a quiet passion, and sometimes it's just finding a friend, like Lovejoy and Stanwyck. It's all happiness. Everything is happiness. I'm gonna give you this one, because I am, for some reason, feeling in an optimistic and charitable mood tonight. For some reason? Can't think why. Excuse me. While everyone's checking in, I thought I'd check in as well. Absolutely. And who are you? I'm Vivon. I'm the person with the truth serum. And the unsexy hospital stay? Exactly. And I've been thinking, if there are no magic tropes, why did I keep drinking unknown chemicals? A question for the ages. From now on, I'm going to meet people in ways that don't require me to drink dubious chemicals. I think that's a really good idea. I now get what you were saying, Drew, all along. Things mean more when we choose them for ourselves, when we make conscious decisions to choose different paths. And I am going to make a conscious decision not to drink weird chemical concoctions. Drew and I are so proud of you. Are we? This is your first step toward loving you. Thank you. I think so, too. Thank you, both of you. You've changed my life. If we can convince people not to drink unknown chemical formulas created in labs, then I feel we've done our jobs as advice texting quarter hour DJs or whatever our official title is. Hera Drew. No, that's not our official title. Wait, wait, um, can you point Vivan out to me in the crowd? Why? I'm Latte. And I'm thinking maybe it's time to look for someone outside of the confines of a coffee shop. I've also spent a lot of time ingesting chemicals trying to find love. I think we might have a lot in common. Vivan, you have a potential suitor here. Hi, I'm Vivan. I'm Latte. Maybe you two should dance. (sighs) Yeah, uh, that could work. So, they're going to be fine too. Okay. I mean, together. Separately, it doesn't matter. Either way, they'll be fine. Not everyone has to end up in a relationship, you know. That's actually what I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, hi! Drew, do you know who this is? No. It's Sam, our school quarterback. Hey. Oh, hi. Um, and how are things going? So it turns out my two wide receivers are in love with each other. Pretty romantic for them, not so much for me. Aww. 
But I've been thinking about everything everyone's been saying. If there's no Seidelsmith magic... Only the magic inside ourselves. But I guess, thinking it through, when we play football, we could just play well? I mean, like, we could play well the whole game? Instead of just always making sure we come back to win in the last minute in the most dramatic fashion, we could, like, lead the whole time, maybe? Do you think that would work just as well? I think so, yes. Other sports teams, in fact, aim for that. Huh. Go Fluffers? Go Fluffers. And who are you? Here's a hint. Go Fluffers. Uh, We've already talked to the quarterback. No, silly. I'm the Fluff Harder. Do you go to school here? No, my porn star did, remember? He finished his dissertation and left. How's he doing on the other side of the country? He misses me. We're giving the long distance thing a try. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I thought it would be challenging to fluff him from across the country, but it turns out I'm excellent at phone sex. Oh, that's great. We're happy for you. So if you're ever at a loss for what to do for a half an hour, I can totally take up some airtime for you. We'll be sure to let our producer know. Anyway, I just wanted you to know that my porn star and I are working hard in our relationship and at choosing each other, even long distance. I have a good feeling about us. He's sweet. He even sent me a long distance rose for the dance. I told him I'd give him his own rose later, if you know what I mean. This is great. Isn't all of this great? Look at all the people who are now making choices about how they want their lives to go. About what will make them happy. And that could be a person, or it could be deciding to play a football game really well. Exactly. There are all sorts of things that can make you happy, and all sorts of personal relationships as well. Maybe Lovejoy and Stanwyck won't be anything more than friends, but friendship is still important. Is that everyone? I feel like we've heard from almost everyone. Not our Adelaide. Oh, yes, our guys and dolls folks. Where are you three? Probably having a hot threesome as we speak. Adelaide, Torgo, nicely, nicely. If you're out there, we hope things are going, well, nicely, nicely. Check in, but feel free to wait until after the third orgasm. Okay. Because there's three of them. Yes. I didn't mean sequentially, although, I mean... More power to them, I guess. But then it wouldn't be the third, it would be the ninth, right? I think Hal would really like us to stop talking about orgasms. You're right. We'll save that talk for later. You're looking for the OT3, right? Rosa? Hi again! Nice job with the mic trick earlier. Sabrina? That's me. Seedrew? I brought her by to show you that her eyes really do sparkle. I didn't have to make anything up the way you were worried I might. We are already the best real fake girlfriends ever. You were saying? Was I? What was I saying? Something about musicals. Oh, right. Yes. I just dragged Sabrina over here because I think your guys and dolls crew are currently making out on the dance floor. Oh, really? Where? Uh, uh, Ah. (laughs) Wow. That's... Okay, the short one has to be Torgo, right? Torgo has some smooth moves. And they're all somehow managing to dance. Is that dancing? 
Looks more like a refined sway. With gropage. Whatever it is, it looks like something I want to be doing to my girlfriend post haste. Yes. Best sock hop ever. <laughs> okay. So actually, Adelaide and company, no need to report in. We can see you guys are doing just fine. Congratulations. Excuse me, but I think there's been some kind of mistake. Uh, what kind of a mistake? There is no spaceship here. What? I have to ask, have you been sending me any coded messages? Because you're not following any of the accepted codes. Coded messages? Who are you? The name's Flintlock. Gray Flintlock. I'm sorry? But you can call me Pluto Silver. Pluto Silver? Do you like Jupiter Metallic better? Do I like it better? In some parts, I'm known as Zero. Blaine Zero. In what parts? Well, if I'm being honest, all of them. All the parts. What is happening? You can also refer to me as Braun. Braun Chaser. I'm going to need a chaser after this conversation. I haven't been able to find my spaceship. I came through the space-time portal expecting to be able to get to the working version of the Granula 8000 in order to fly it back through the portal in order to transport thousands of desperate citizens off the melting planet Zarjalan before it fully evaporates, only there was no Granula 8000. How do you lose a spaceship? That's what you focused on in all of that? I told you, I came through a space-time portal. I don't have time for this. Lives are at stake. <sighs> Listen. Cosmos gemstone. Look around you. You're at a sock hop. There are no spaceships here, and the planet's not melting. Well, the planet is melting, but not the way you're talking about. Are you sure? I think your space-time portal dropped you off in the wrong place. I guess that's possible. But while you're here, you should get yourself a rose and enjoy the dance. You want me to dance while Zarjalan is melting? I would just really enjoy it if we could find a way to end this conversation. Look, you said you went through a space-time portal, so whatever time zone you're in right now, it's different from the one which thousands of people are burning to death or whatever. So while you're here, you might as well cut foot loose, is all I'm saying. Foot loose. Look, bruh. Braun. Dancing while the planet melts is kind of what we Earthlings do best, so join the local culture. I guess. Hey, can I borrow that Cosmos gemstone name? That was pretty good. Knock yourself out. Hey, uh, space... dude? Why, yes, Miss... Earthling? Wendy. I'm Wendy. Wendy, I'm... Cosmos. <laughs> right. It's a name in progress. Well, would you... care to progress to the dance floor? You can tell me how you got your name. Ah, oh, well, it's an interesting story, actually. I believe I have much to learn from these two gentlemen who head up your Earth Command Center. You mean... those two? They seem young, but very self-assured. <laughs> sure, Space Cowboy. Come on. You know, he was on to something. No, he was on something. I'm just saying, we could move our radio show to a spaceship. No, no, we couldn't. Because our show wouldn't be like the other spaceship shows. What other spaceship shows? Any other spaceship shows. There are no other spaceship shows. You know why we wouldn't be like other spaceship shows? Because there are none. 
because it has us. Us on a spaceship. Yes. Still not a good idea. It would have us only until I manually disconnected my air supply and jettisoned into space to avoid the ignominy of being on a radio show on a spaceship. I would follow you. It would be very romantic. No, it wouldn't. It would be self-destructive and unhealthy. And please, those of you in a relationship, if your significant other disconnects their air supply, please do not follow that person. Please let them go. I'll never let go. Oh, God. If this is our tragic end, then for the sake of our love, I give up on my spaceship idea. Thank you. See? We're compromising. We're doing great. We are. We might even make it until the end of the show. Ha! You know, I know there weren't magic tropes, but... But? If we were in magic tropes, it turns out we were in, like, two. Really? Yes! The bickering opposites trope. Naturally. And the shop around the corner trope. That's the trope? Yes! Two people spar in the light of day, but are secretly falling in love thanks to an anonymous identity only one of them knows about. I love that movie. Of course you do. I wasn't really trying to send you anonymous messages. I don't think. Maybe a little. It wouldn't have mattered anyway. I knew it was you. I knew. Harrison. You... Humans of Seidelsmith... You gave up your column for me. It's fine. But it's not... A part of the point was that no one knew who you were. Everyone loved Cal. It mattered more to me that you... Look, what you said before in the library. No, that's all over. I was being panicky and lashing out. No, it matters. Listen, I don't want to make you doubt. I don't. I want us to believe together. Not in some kind of magic trick, but just in the fact that we're two flawed messy people in a flawed messed up world who keep reaching out for each other i want that kind of a lot but and i'm not always the best at going to get it as you know now i'm much better at writing about it but i don't want to be and you've been you made me want to leap with you i think we can make it i thought it was relying on the safety of the possibility of the trope that was making me brave but I think it was you. You're right. We don't need anything else. We just need to both choose to leap together. It's the time you've all been waiting for. It is rose dance time. Get your rose and get your partner. I... I didn't get your rose. I didn't... Drew? You... Got me a rose. I got you a rose. It's for you. You can take it. You. True. I got you a rose. Did you not think I would? I wasn't obvious about it. No, I... I mean, I didn't... I mean... I knew there was a chance you might not want it, or might be affronted at the whole idea of the rose exchange or something and i know you get antsy about surprises but i couldn't i couldn't not get you a rose even if you didn't want it i wanted you to 
I really wanted to give you my rose. I thank you. I I'm glad. Really? Yes, I I love it. Oh. I really Can I have this dance, Drew? Yes. I mean, no, we can't dance. We have to sit here and not dance. You're a really good dancer. We're not dancing. We're sitting here broadcasting. Shh. What are you talking about? This is the best dance of my entire life. You went with a red rose. Classic, I thought. Do you like it? Yes. If we were dancing right now, I'd be tripping over my own two feet because I'd be too busy staring at you to watch where I was stepping. If we were dancing right now, I'd be pulling you in closer to me while I made you laugh by eye rolling at the music. <laughs> you would. I love this song. You don't even know this song. Don't care. It's my favorite. This is the part where I would dip you. <laughs> no way are you capable of dipping me. You said I was a really good dancer. <laughs> yeah, well, you are full of surprises. Fine. You can dip me. And then I'd pull you up and... You'd be closer than ever. <laughs> this is the part where I'd lose my breath. This is the part where I kiss you. Drew, I think I... Hey, you guys, Dorothea's crowdfund already made goal. <laughs> Can we end this show? I think we should end this show. Are you saying you have other places to be? I think you know exactly where I need to be right now. You're right. You've been listening to Kaleidotrope on WFLUF. And this is Harrison and Drew. How are Drew? Drew. Signing off. You never did the raffle. Look, just take the whole table. We're done here. Good night, Saddle Smith. Kaleidotrope is created by Asia and Earl Grey T68. Drew is played by James Evans, and Harrison is played by Matthew Menendez. A special thank you to all of our guest voices for this episode. Madison Sean Flannery as Trustee Longworth, Kimber Camacho and Emily Maybank as Rosa and Sabrina, Kedgeri and Shannon Moore as Stanwick and Lovejoy, or no, wait, that's Lovejoy and Stanwick, Doc Smartypants and Susie Howe as Vivon and Latte, nine times out of ten as Sam, Saturative as Fluff Harder, Chris Anonymous, Daniel Anthony Hidalgo, Space Camp, Lauren W., and Seth G. for additional voice work, and Joshua Elon as Space Dude. Thank you for supporting us throughout this series. We appreciate all of you so much. We hope you'll continue to tell people about Kaleidotrope and maybe even help us reach our Patreon goal of creating a second season. Don't forget, you can subscribe at any time to enjoy additional bonus material such as commentaries, annotations, playlists, and more. In the meantime, 
keep the Saddlesmith story going by creating your own stories and make your own version of the Saddlesmith magic. Go find your trope. Collide a trope.